Welcome to the My Favorite Sister podcast. We're two 30-something sisters trying to keep in touch from across the world. That's Sarah. She's a younger one and lives in England. And that's Elizabeth. She's the older one and lives in Los Angeles. And we're here to help you procrastinate. So sit back and enjoy whatever random discussion we decide to have this week. Hey everybody! Welcome back to the My Favorite Sister podcast. Woohoo! We're back. Do I remember how to do we're anything? Back. <laughs> I know. I feel like I feel like it's been a while. I mean, we've been releasing the episodes, but it's been a while since we recorded because mm. we I know recorded two like back to back weekends because you guys were going on a fun vacation. So you know, yeah. holiday. We a, yeah, we had to do It'd that. Be not sun, but you know. Still holiday. Still holiday. I wouldn't complain. I feel like where's my holiday? Uh, nowhere. Nowhere. Um, but how? Well, I feel like we have a lot to talk about as far as the show today. So maybe mm-hmm, we'll uh, mm-hmm. try to keep our sister keep catch-up brief. chat brief. But yeah. um, how was well, the trip? Uh, it was fun. Yeah, we went to Athens for anyone who is not caught up in the pod um, for like a long weekend. We ate such good food. It was really fun. The best part, of course, for me was going on a food tour. And then we just ate heroes and delicious meze. We had the food tour woman recommend us a place to go. So we went that night for dinner and had like such good, like a whole, like multiple rounds of meze dinner with like, you know, you just get like, like 750, like a whole bottle of white wine or like two thirds of a bottle of white wine for five euros. And we're like, hell yeah. <laughs> so you guys don't even like but, drink it. And, like and we don't even drink that much. So we're like, should we get a second one? What up? Yeah, <laughs> you know they give like you those tiny should. glasses, um, so you don't think you're drinking that much. But yeah, so I was like, the, between the two of us, we drank a bottle and a half of white wine in one meal. That ne- literally has never happened. Uh, but you know, and then we walked around and took a cab back. No, it was fun. We did all the like historical sites. The first day, we did so much walking. My foot was like killing me. Mm. Um, but then Jack gave me like a foot rub, and then the next morning it was fine. So that's nice. Yeah, because we literally, I did on average, like, as someone who does maybe, like, unless I force myself to go for a walk, which, let's be honest, winter in England, I'm not going outside to go for a walk during lunch, like, let's be real. Uh, So maybe I walk, like, a thousand steps a day around our apartment um, to then immediately doing, like, 20,000 steps for five days in a row. Yeah, it's tough. It was a lot. So I was like, cool, we're at the archaeology museum or whatever. But, you know, I just, I walk through the galleries to a bench. And then I observe. And then I walk through the next gallery to a chair. Yep. And observe. It was fine. After the first day, luckily it was fine. Um, But yeah, no, we went uh, to see the, like, Parthenon and whatnot. And it was so cold because it had snowed overnight um, that all our pictures have no other people in the background because there's maybe, like, ten other people up there. Yes. Uh, first thing in the morning on a Friday. So, yeah, overall, it was a really good trip. Uh, pretty easy travel back and forth. We still had to fill out the passenger locator forms, but I think those are not required anymore. Um, didn't have to do any testing, but in Greece, they were, like, really strict. Like, every place you entered, they scanned your um, vaccine QR code. God, I wish they would do that here. Stuff is way better. Yeah, it was way better than it is here, honestly. So I was like, that's great. <laughs> we are like, yes, it's in my pocket. Here you go. <sighs> I wish I could do that. I wish they would do that here. Like, for some reason, they've decided to not only lift mask requirements, which, okay, but then 
It's like, if you're going to do that, why don't we keep the vaccine requirements to get into, like, restaurants and stuff? I, I don't understand why we wouldn't do that, but okay. Yeah. It just seemed like it was, like, an things? app. Yeah, it was an app that, like, every restaurant or cafe employee had on their phone, and then they had to scan it um, right when you walked in. So it was, or, like, when they sat you, it was easy enough. Yeah, I hear the masks are, like, not really required anymore, so it's, like, shocking to me how many people at, like, the grocery store and stuff are are already not wearing them anymore and i'm like i'll be wearing this till the end of time so i don't want your i know right terms. especially in have, certain clearly places. i already have like hay fever hitting me hard enough i don't need <laughs> other and i think this year with people going out more more people are gonna have colds and stuff oh, than sure. last year because J- i caught this one from jack he had it last weekend and then around like wednesday this week it hit me and i was like ah dang it <laughs> i mean you know the um, first I time i was kind cold. of over it yeah i thought yesterday i was kind of over it um and then today I felt like I had, like, run into a brick wall and didn't get up till noon, so. Lovely. Um, well, yeah, I feel like the first time anyone gets a cold, like, you're going to be like, I have the COVIDs or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm dying. Um, but, yeah, but, mine, yeah. I definitely know it's, like, I'm interspersed sneezing, and, um, but now it's more, like, blowing my nose a lot, so then my lip is, like, very sore, so apologies yeah, in advance for everyone for, like, crinkling sounds of me opening many many lozenges <laughs> um well sounds like the trip was fun but i'm sorry you had yeah but overall it's been fun the trip was fun going back to work was not fun but... yeah of course <laughs> work sucks how are, how are things in uh, sunny los angeles oh let's see what have we been up to i mean not too much all i do is work mostly which is very exciting content but we did go mm-hmm. see the first ever soccer game for the new Ooh. Los Angeles women's team. They're called Angel City Football Club. Cool. Um, so that's fun. We did that last weekend. Is there any? Is there any like notable names on the team? Uh, there's Kristen Press, who would be Ooh, probably like yeah. the most, most famous, quote unquote. Worthy. Yeah. Yeah, they spent a lot to get her. Um, and there's other people that like, well, not from like the national team team, but um, but we got to watch. So it was fun. Even more fun was that the game was between. Two new expansion teams mm. in the NWSL, and it was between the Angel City Football Club and the San Diego Wave. So it was LA ah, versus nice. San Diego, the start of the, you know, rivalry <laughs> for rivalry. sure. Yep. And it was fun for me because I was like, I'm really, I just want everyone to have, like, I just hope everyone has a good time, you know? Because yeah. it's like, you're like, I just want it to be successful. I also do like the logo from the um, San Diego team, though. I think. Oh, I yeah, really it's do, better. Like, sending that to in me. my opinion. Their logo is really cool. Like, and it's... on, like, imagine, I'm just imagining that on, like, a t shirt or, like, a hoodie sweatshirt. Like, it would be so, so cute. Or, this is what they need to lean into, and they kind of did it. Um, because I was immediately thinking when I saw those colors, I was like, ugh, the colors of San Diego Wave really match me better. <laughs> like, they're really more my jam. <laughs> and, but, what I was like, they need, to a, they need to do a tie-dye yeah. sweatshirt yes. for San Diego. That's so San Diego. Yes, um, yes. And they kind of, but it was like a gray with a thing. Like, you can't even tell it's tie-dye. No, I'm like, no. what is this? Like, Just lean into the tie-dye. No. You have, like, hot. Tie-dye is so popular again now. Like, and literally, like, you're wearing have, like, tie-dye sweatshirts. colors. You're wearing like a tie-dye sweatshirt right now. Exactly. <laughs> and then have a logo on there. Yeah, so I feel like there's more they can do. But anyways, but on their team they have um, Alex Morgan, who of course, I feel like everyone knows who Alex Morgan is. And then they have another yeah. national team player named Abby Dahlkemper. But anyways, it was fun. It ended up being a tie, which is not as fun. But mm. I mean, um, I like that the, so I'm looking up the 
logos now. I mean, I, obviously, I like black. So, I mean, I'm, I'd be down with, like, you know, the L.A. It's, like, black and white. And I guess they have this, like, kind of peachy orange or whatever. Yeah, it's like more San like Diego a pink. one is just so good. It's kind of light yeah. pink. Yeah. San Diego one is just so good. I know. But anyway, so it was fun to kind of, like, support both sides. Well, anyway, so we were wearing our Angel City gear, but I had, it was cold because it was at night. And so I ended up wearing my whatever Patagonia, but it's like a blue, mm-hmm. like the blue, like San Diego blue. Is like, so I'm kind of <laughs> yeah, representing True, it is both. very aqua blue. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm I mean, kind it's of just so cute. Both. It's like, it's like hot pink with yeah, like a, I know. a wave yeah, me. and then the sunset. I'm just, just, you know, describing it for all our listeners. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I could easily envision that on like, yeah, either tie dye or like if they really went like super 80s and did like bright purple That's or insane. something. Because that's the color that's missing, like, from the trifecta of 80, 80s colors. Yeah. I'm just saying, I think if anyone could push that, it's San Diego. It's very very San Diego colors, yeah. very San Diego it's, vibes. Yeah. I think it, the uh, logo definitely fits the vibes of the team, for sure, and the yeah. location. Yeah, but the entire time I'm just sitting there thinking, like, my marketing brain is like, how do I – I want to just, like, email – the leaders of both these teams would be like, look, I want you to succeed. Here are suggestions. Take them or leave them, but... Yeah. Like, You're for like, a while. As a just... lifelong supporter of women's soccer, I need I this to I continue. Know. And plus, Tim really enjoys it. Like, you, you know, you got, like, fo- people, husbands who, like, are obsessed with football or whatever. Like, he's obsessed, not obsessed, but, like, this is, like, his, the sport he follows, which is fine, because I... And, Enjoy watching it. It's like yeah, I find that there very could be a cute, lot worse so. sports. <laughs> there could be worse sports that I before yep. watch, like baseball. I'd be like, kill oh, me, like kill me now. <laughs> Unless I can eat a hot dog and drink a beer. That was the one thing going to the game because we were pretty like, well, oh, okay, let's go. Um, but we wore masks the entire time, pretty much, and it was like pretty like even though it was outside, it was kind of a 50-50 split. Like half people were wearing masks, half people weren't, which is fine. Um, but like, we weren't, we were like, okay, let's not like get hot dogs or beer or anything. But I was the entire time just like, God, all I want is a hot dog and a beer. And they had like the good, okay. So they will be playing at like a more legit stadium, but for these games, cause it's just this like preseason tournament thing. They mm. were playing at Cal state Fullerton, which is down kind of near Anaheim. So we did have to drive a bit, but is at a college stadium so, you know, they had those good concessions, like, you know, like the cheap-ass nachos, the hot dogs, <laughs> the soft pretzels. I feel like concessions nowadays are trying to get too fancy, trying to get too hip. I'm like, no. Too, yeah, I'm too fancy. Like, I'm not here for a whole meal. I'm just here for something I can hold in one hand and eat or drink while we're... Like, know, I feel like sometimes they're like, let me get you these tacos. I don't need a whole, tacos. like, chicken tender... Yeah, I'm like, I don't need a whole chicken tender platter with fries and five dips. Like, yeah. this is not the place. It's like, obviously, if I'm outside the situation, if I have, like, bomb-ass tacos versus, like nacho with cheese like i'm eating the tacos but like sometimes all you just want is like a hot dog and a beer and like you can eat a hot dog and have a beer in the other hand you know yeah but so that part was i was like no but that's the only reason i would go to nats games like oh i know i mean the only reason i would just drink huge beers would be like yep the only reason i will find myself at a baseball game uh, is for the that's the only part that's fun that's why i'm like i can never watch it on tv because I don't have a beer and a hot dog in my hand. Yeah, I always enjoyed going to, because um, at UT, like, if you're a student, you can go to the baseball games free, or at least back then you could, because um, they rarely ever sold out. So we would go all the time, and that was always fun, because it's just, like, social, 
and then you're just being like you know watching the other guys play <laughs> sure but yeah and then you're like drinking and whatnot because it's like two in the afternoon on a random saturday yeah of course but um yeah le- yesterday they had a game too but we just watched it on tv or whatever and um we ordered like from this hot dog place nearby because la- i feel like last week we were all both like god we just want some hot dogs to watch this game <laughs> perfect um but the hot dogs were much fancier that we ordered yesterday <laughs> than we've gotten at that game. But yeah, let's see. Oh, and you really got to get on the, um, I know you don't necessarily care about women's soccer. You know, you're not like watching it like we are all the time, but the two Mewis sisters, so you got Christy and Sam Mewis. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just like the videos of them together are just golden. They remind me like, it's very like obviously sister vibes, but like yeah. older sister, younger sister vibes. So funny. <laughs> and they were telling I was watching them on this podcast or whatever, and they were telling a story about how during the, um, I guess, World... No, Olympics? World Cup? Whatever the last one was, that they ended up having to share a room or whatever. And they were, like, <laughs> acting like it was so weird to share a room. I was like, if anyone... If I had to share a room with anyone, like, on my team, I'd rather be you, because then I feel like I wouldn't have to, like, yeah, you know... be normal. Tiptoe around. I'd be like, <laughs> get out of my way. Get out of the bathroom. <laughs> Um, but then they also were talking about how sometimes they just get in, like, these laughing fits about things. Yep. And I was watching it with Tim, and I was like, oh my god, this is so my sister and I, like, sometimes. <laughs> especially if we're, like, at home, and there's just, like, something that happens. <laughs> just like, you can't stop. I was like, right this like, minute. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, can't look at her. Can't look at her. It's just I was like, usually it's triggered have, by nothing. It, it, it's like when we were talking about in Dollface when it was like the best friend, like I language or whatever it was called. Yeah. I was like, so we have that, but like the sister language because like someone will say something and then we just look at each other and like have a silent conversation. Yeah. Uh, and then just start cracking up and everyone else is like, what is going on? Yeah. Especially it's like, when don't you're... worry. We just took some, we just took some drugs. Don't worry about it. Especially when you're around like family, you know, or like. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. how it goes with everyone. It's like, you know, parents or whatever. Like, LOL. <laughs> so anyways, they're cute, though. They're cute. That's funny. And, um, yeah. And I said it on here before, I feel like. The fun thing about women's soccer, I feel like, is the relationships. Well, the players are fun, but, like, <laughs> there's, like, relationships between players. Like, between mm. players from, like, different countries and whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, how could you not... <laughs> This is what I'm yeah, saying. How you long until book. they have their own, you know, how long until they have their own reality show on, like, VH1 mm. or, like, Bravo? Someone will probably love that. I feel like, you know, everyone loves the Bravos, but, um... Yeah, pretty good. But, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying there could be some books. There could be some, like, you know, whatever. I guess maybe rivals to lovers or something, like... Yeah, that I could be know. good. <clears throat> that could be good. Oh, yeah, there's um, all kinds of sports books. There's, like, a whole genre, I think, is, like, sports books. Oh, I'm sure there are. Sure there are. Um, okay, I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh, one other thing that I feel like you need to tell Jack about is Tim and I were out on a walk the other day, and we're, we're getting close back to our entrance of our apartment, and then all of a sudden we see the squirrel, which is not uncommon. You see squirrels all the time. Yeah. Um, and for those who aren't aware, Jack is, I mean, Sarah can confirm, but is, like, obsessed with squirrels. <laughs> or, yeah, he loves them. Um, I think he just appreciates that they're so, like, I don't know they're like aerodynamic masterminds or, mm. you know sure. and can like run through all those like obstacle courses and get food i don't know i don't know what it is but they are cute they're yeah but so anyways we're, there's a squirrel and he's like looking at us and then all of a sudden he starts coming towards us like 
like kind of like rushing us and i like i'm like ah, no like get away because like <laughs> squirrels do not are not supposed to really be coming close to people other than like i mean i feel like unless they're getting used to fed but like yeah literally we were trying to like walk away from the squirrel and he'd be like following us like a cat and we're like <laughs> what is happening and we're like oh my god either the squirrel is used to being fed which is kind of weird because it's not like we're not in like, like a, college a college campus college or something campus. yeah yeah <laughs> Or he's, like, you know, has rabies or something, because, like, it was, like, weird. We are like, ah! But anyways, I feel like if Jack had been there, he would have tried to He would have tried towards it, and then they yeah. could have had, like, a hug moment in the middle. As I was, like, <laughs> running away. So I'm like, squirrels don't come close to you unless you're walking, and they're, like, on a tree, and they're like, ah! Um, oh, that's funny. But I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Yeah, the only other thing we've been doing is we've been watching all the Oscar movies, so we we are now done with those. There were some rough ones. It was hard to watch. Uh-oh. That's how I would I say feel. the ones you can miss if you haven't watched them already. If you had any interest, Power of the Dog, no. No. Terrible. Is that the one with Benedict Cumberbatch? Yes. And I will say, no no hate to Benedict Cumberbatch, he cannot do a southern accent. I mean, it's in oh, Montana. No. So it's, like, not exactly, I mean, I don't know what a Montana accent sounds like, but I would have taken just generic southern accent. Couldn't do yeah. it. Could not no. do it. Is it, like, set in, like, old ye oldie times? It's, like, 1925, like, I think. Okay, yeah. So a little bit. Yeah, no. He can't do anything. Have and it's filmed in New Zealand. And it's, like, Why? I feel like I'm watching Lord of the Rings, not Montana of 1925. Montana? Yeah, yeah like I not a Montana ranch situation. Why There's isn't, um, some... <laughs> have you ever seen the videos of him trying to say the word penguin? I have. <laughs> like on Graham Norton. Pen, penguin. Yeah. Ping. Yeah. Penguin. It's but good. yeah, no. the co-star, Jesse Plemons, I think is originally from Texas, so like he could clearly do. He could do it. <laughs> it's just funny because I feel like the southern accent is probably, in my opinion, the easiest to whatever like oh, yeah do so. but then tim said i think you just have to have like experience being around it to be able to replicate it maybe probably and maybe, i'm guessing he probably doesn't benedict, have a lot of yeah maybe benedict Cumberbatch. he's maybe too posh too fancy he has i'm just half the time i couldn't understand what he was saying i'm like what are you saying what are the words that are coming out of your mouth <laughs> jesse Plemons? no problem Understood everything he said. Oh, Kirsten, Dun- Kirsten Dunst. The entire time, I was just like, I would rather be watching Bring It On than this movie. Like, <laughs> this movie sucks. Well, um, speaking of Bring It On, so I did no. finish. I did finish a Cheer season two as well. Oh, was it? So I need to watch it. I have so much. You definitely watch it. I liked it. I thought it was good. You know, they handled everything that's like happened in that Cheer universe. I thought yeah. well, but also. You know, because it almost goes over two seasons because it's like the season that was then never finished because of COVID. And then like they literally were seven days away from the championship. Yeah. And I I mean, I feel bad for all those like third year students Mm -hmm. who like then that was going to be their only time to be on the mat and they didn't get to. And then they come back for like the next season. So it's almost like they have that. Then they discuss, you know, all the like sexual assault things that have happened in the cheer world and like misconduct um on a greater scale and like the investigations that are currently ongoing um in cheer for that and then they like the second half of the season is kind of like a 
about season two, which was like this most recent season that just happened. Mm. And but I liked that it was instead of just being about Navarro, it was also about the other like community college that's like nearby. So then you get like a little bit of a you know back and forth rivalry or like potential underdog story. It was good. Yeah. And then oh. also I'm just like watching them do these routines and I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, that was me during like, first it's season. Just crazy. Like, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. I feel like there's one episode in particular where literally everyone got injured like every time they did something. It was like back to back injuries. I'm like, oh god, that looks painful. Um, yeah, I need to watch that, but I'm trying to think what other... I think I said last week, or last time we talked, drive my car. No. So boring. Um, Liquor's Pizza was good, but, like, problematic. Like, problematic relationships. I don't even... I don't know if I can recommend that one. (sighs) But we watched King Richard last night, which was about Venus and Serena Williams, so that was fun. Yep. That was a good one. I enjoyed that. Um, Coda was really good. If anyone hasn't watched that, it's kind of it's on Apple TV, so I don't even know if anyone has Apple TV, so <laughs> but it was good, it was you know. Um, but yeah, so that's been what we're doing because the Oscars are on tonight, yeah. Oh, really? Wow, yeah, that's why we were trying to watch them all before that, but anyways, um, should we get into because I feel like we have a lot yeah, to talk about, say, especially you being, being sick this week meant that I just had like the mental capacity of to do nothing. Except sit on the couch and watch TV. So on Friday, that's what I did. And I watched the whole of Bridgerton season two in one day. That's impressive. <laughs> well, I will Mine... admit, I started at lunchtime. So this past Friday, like, now they've started doing every month, like, all hands company update meeting. The problem is it's at 9 a.m. Germany time, which is 8 a.m. UK time. I normally start work at 10 a.m. Mm. So it's not even, like, starting at 9. It's like, I wonder, it's... Two hours earlier than normal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which also, which I'm like, I am normally up at that point, but like, am I actually out of the bed? No. Like, or mentally awake enough to like be sitting, listening and like absorbing information? Like, no, absolutely not. Um, yeah. Especially while like sick and under the weather. So I was like, you know what? I started two hours early today. I'm going to take an extra long lunch. Oh, for sure. And I watched the whole first episode, which was very long. It felt very long. They were definitely much longer. I mean, I think since I recently rewatched season one, I feel like most season one episodes were under 40 minutes. And this season they were all 50 minutes to an hour plus. So, But the first episode especially was like an hour 15. So I was like, no, no, I took a very early lunch and then I quit a half hour early. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. Um, I was like, we outie. Well, so but yes. I'm fully prepared. Yeah, in preparation for this, I hadn't done this for the first season because we ended up just talking about it on a whim. Um, but I did listen to the audiobook of the book, um, which in my world counts as reading the book sure. of The Viscount Who Loved Me. Um, I listened to it last weekend while I was doing chores. Um, so because of that, I now have six pages of notes. Yeah, so we're going to have an interesting perspective. I feel like I'm going to let you lead this conversation today. But what's interesting is if I recall from the first time we talked about Bridgerton season one, and maybe you feel the same, so we'll find out. But I feel like we were, I feel like we were like, yes, we liked it, okay. <laughs> we were like, yes. Yeah. We weren't like obsessed with the Bridgerton. Um, yep. For different reasons. I, I don't really remember, but um, I don't know. I was excited for season two to drop, even though I... Mm. we were all like oh season one was fine it was fine 
I was like, true. Yeah, I feel like I was more excited for season two, even though, even before having like read the book. Um, I feel like for season one, we were like, yeah, it was fine, but we just didn't. I think both of us were kind of like, why was everyone like so freaking out about it? Like, and was it just Regé yeah. Jean Page and he's so attractive? Like, I mean, and we're, he like, is. We don't, we're like, we liked it and it was good and it was entertaining. Like, we love a you know, Regency era, whatnot, but it's like, huh? Like, we didn't understand the, like why I was getting so much hype. Um, yeah. Because I didn't obviously didn't watch it until after it had gotten like some hype and been out for like a week or so. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I kind of also applies a bit to this season. I would say maybe we'll talk on broad strokes. How, how did you feel about season two? Like very broad strokes. And I'll preface this by saying I have not read any of the books, so I do not have the yeah. same. Pre- I do not have any <laughs> thoughts comparing, as I'm sure Sarah will. But um, I think overall, I overall I liked it. I mean, I was wanting to like keep watching the next episode when I finished, and I feel like there were highs and lows. Um, but I, here, here's my problem with Bridgerton. I think. Not problem, but here's where I feel like I will start to face problems as we move forward. Is that, like, I don't like all of the characters. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I literally have in my notes, and I think this has changed through the season, but literally my first note on the season was, Anthony is the worst. Like, at yeah. the beginning of the season, I was like, God, I cannot stand him. He is, like, the I worst. I don't understand, because I'm in a whatsapp group with like a book club thing and people were talking about it and i was like oh i've already watched it and everyone's like yeah anthony and i was like y'all i was like i'm here just for the benedict content honestly oh, i was like i'm four episodes in i was like i'm here for that and they're like oh and what someone was like benedict's the worst i was like oh well i hate anthony so it's fine i'm <laughs> I was sorry like, well, i'm here. sorry benedict is the worst no yeah As i believe right? i said i, like, I do remember this from our first episode is that i said who is the hottest bridgerton and i specifically benedict. said it's benedict yeah i was shocked but also, I was like, and then someone was like, oh, but I just, or I said, I was like, show, that's the thing, they're all fawning over, like, the actor that plays Anthony, I'm like, fair, I was sure. like, but, I was like, show Anthony, so you're, you're basing all of your facts over show Anthony, and in my opinion, show Anthony is better than book Anthony, oh, book no. Anthony kind of sucks, but, like, he gets better through the book, <laughs> but it's like, um, so that tells you how he is in the book, it's like, if show Anthony is better, and you're, like, hating on show Anthony already, well, um. I will say Show Anthony <laughs> got more Show Anthony I warmed up to Show Anthony. I changed my mind on who was the worst as the show went on. It's not Anthony. Anthony definitely did some bad things and I'm like, "Anthony, you were the worst. Like you yeah. are just you're making it really hard for me to root <clears throat> for you." But ultimately, the worst Bridgerton in Bridgerton my opinion of the season, Colin. Oh yeah. He was so annoying. And it's so disappointing. Okay. So, on my broad strokes, I did enjoy season two. Yes. I think I have spoken with, like, one or two other people that also have read the book, too. And they were, like, I think we're all kind of similarly disappointed in that, you know, it's like with Harry Potter. Like, there's some things that don't translate. But for the most part, they hit all the beats, right? Mm -hmm. They completely changed everything about Kate and Antony's relationship. Really? completely basically starting with the scene where she gets stung with the bumblebee Mm -hmm. um and then so that was like episode three i think and everything after that is they completely made it up from scratch really that's so weird why would they do that yeah at a very high level so in the books what happens is we're introduced to kate 
she's much more likable uh, in the books. Like, she's not so intense. Um, like I didn't mind it. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, in the book, she's 21. So it's like, ooh. Or, like, you know, she's not quite 26. She's not quite, you know, quote-unquote a spinster yet. But so they, their father has passed away. You get a lot more internal dialogue because the book is told from Kate's perspective and Anthony's, like, dual perspective. Got um, it. Her mother died when she was three, and so now Mary is her stepmom. And so you get a lot about how Mary's always treated her as if she's her own daughter and all this stuff. So they clearly mm-hmm. have a very loving trio um, mm-hmm. situation. Um, but the whole purpose of going to London, obviously there's no... Miss Danbury situation um, mixed in because she's barely a character in the books, but obviously for the show, everyone loves her, so they have to work it in. So that's the thing. It's like I can understand for the show, they have to incorporate a lot for the side characters that everyone loves. Um, It's like with True Blood and Lafayette. Everyone loved him. So even though he gets killed in the second book, they're like, no, keep him in for the whole show. Yeah. And they just change it. So anyways, they go to London. It is, you get kind of like a narrator perspective of um, men know that in order to, like, win favor with Edwina, they have to go through Kate first. So she still mm-hmm. is that gatekeeper. Um, yeah. So that means, but she's much more, she's, like, nice about it. She, like, talks to them all, and she does kind of weed them out, but she, like, dances with them at the balls, and there's a lot more of that mm-hmm. kind of story. And then eventually she's at a ball, and she talks to Colin, and she doesn't know, like, who he is really. And so there's just all this dialogue about how Antony... Bridgerton is known to be such a rake and that's all that uh, Lady Whistledown talks about and so she's talking to Colin um, about like her sister Edwina or whatever and she to Colin's face basically like throws shade at Antony and she's like oh well I've heard the Viscount is like the biggest rake in all of the ton and he's like oh yeah he's like yep sure he's like yep yep and he's like let me get us some lemonade or whatever and so he's, so Colin is the, he goes to Antony, he's like, oh, and at that point, Antony has decided that he's going to marry Edwina, right? Because yeah. he's like, I'm 28. Um, we'll get into this later, but he's like, I'm 28. I got to get married now. I'll marry her. She'll do. Um, and so she's like, oh, but I know I got to go through her sister. And Colin's like, oh, well, I was just talking with, you know, Miss Kate. Uh, their last name in the book is something different, but, you know, with Miss Kate. And she just had lovely things to say about you. <laughs> See, that would be funny. They should have kept that in. But I think they should have made that Benedict, not Colin, because Colin sucks. Yeah, so then that's how they had their first meeting. And then it kind of goes from there. And so Antony's whole, I feel like what I wanted more from in the show was like more about their internal motivations of the two main characters. I liked all the bits with the side characters. What else is new? I always like the side characters more than the main characters. Um, Antony's internal motivation in the book is like he's about to... You know, he's come home from college. He's about to go to Oxford. He's home. He gets home and Eloise is like, father has died. It was a bee. So he wasn't with his dad when it happened. Mm. So he has all these like, how is that possible? How could someone die from a bee sting? Like, it doesn't make sense. So he has all this like unanswered questions, trauma. And since his father died when he was 38, he is convinced that he is also going to die when he's 38. Mm. And so he's like, oh, well, at least... Me and my siblings had our mother, um, so when I die, my wife, like, will and the kids I leave behind will have their mother, and that's why he's like, I can't actually love who I marry because I'm gonna die, and mm. it's not fair to them <laughs> if I like, like he saw how heartbroken his mother was, and like doesn't want to. So he's got he's got trauma. He's got he needs some therapy, and he's oh, got a sure. lot of traumas. So he like sees how 
heartbroken his mother was at his father's passing and like he doesn't want to do that to someone else because he's literally convinced that the clock is ticking <laughs> i feel like they kind of did that in the the show they that was part of the motivation i think i mean it wasn't as yeah. like they didn't say like he thought he was gonna die but yeah i felt like it was it was like they kind of did it and i liked how they changed the scene a bit so that he was the one like with yeah. his father because obviously that like plays off much better on screen um it's so interesting because yeah, like it was the like, first it's like season, the internal motivation is like. I feel like hard in the first season there was a lot of bumblebee like kind of references, mm-hmm. like there was like, yeah, imagery or visuals, which I don't think I knew that that's how he died until this episode. I'm like, did they say that before? And I was like, God, what a horrible yeah. way to have someone die because it's like <laughs> yeah. there's no way to save them. Yeah, literally. And in the, you do have no in the idea. 18, you just 11, look up yeah, the draw. Terrible. <clears throat> So then carrying on, this is a very uh, rapid fire plot, but, you know, there's a few more beats. He's trying to win Edwina's favor. He, like, goes to, oh, I forgot. He goes to their house to call on her, um, and only Kate is there. He brings three bouquets of flowers because he's like, oh, that's what the Duke did, and, like, my mother loved it. So he's trying to, so him and Kate have, like, a long conversation alone, uh, and, like, her dog is there. I wanted more dog content because... In the book, the Newton, the dog, is the driver of all of the chaotic plot, and he's, like, the plot force, almost. <laughs> Literally, my second, my third note that I made is, Newton is the true star of the season. Yes, I, love I was Newton. like, I, we needed more Newton. So, anyways, it's like, <clears throat> you know, so they have that long conversation. So, there's all these periods where they're having long conversations, like, with no one else around. Um, finally, I think, you know, Edwina and the mom come back. At some point, they, like, take... Oh, it's because Edwina had already been called on by some other dude and was, like, you know, walking the mall with him. And so Mary is like, oh, why don't you um, take Newton for a walk? And I'm sure, you know, Anthony Bridgerton would love to accompany you. And he's like, oh, yeah, Mm. sure. (laughs) So they take Newton for a walk. Newton escapes um, and they are, like, chasing Ah. him down through the streets of London to the park. And that does end with, like, Edwina and the guy she's with, like, in the water. (laughs) So they kind of got that bit um, a little bit. Hmm. And like Anthony, it's like Anthony to the rescue and, and all this stuff. So then, you know, they have the whole trope. It's like very Pride and Prejudice where Edwina is sick, so she can't attend any of the balls. So then Kate has to mm. attend them all. So they have more and more scenes all together. The bit at the country house, they do all go to the country house. Um, there is the game with the Paul Mall, which um, I then afterwards, because re- just listening to it, I was like, what? <laughs> is this? I was like, is it like croquet? So then then was Googling it and um, it is, yeah, a precursor to um, croquet. It's like only lightly recorded in history, but Mm. but yeah, apparently it was like very popular at that time. Um, So that scene almost is exactly how it happens in the book. Like Antony gets this stuck with the pink one, but he gets stuck with the pink one because Colin hides the black one. So Colin is a little sneaky devil. They make Colin way better in the books than they yeah. do in this show. Colin sucks. Exactly, because I'd only experienced Colin from season one, and I was like, man, Colin in the book is like a little sneaky sneak. Um, and to the point where it's very clear everyone, including Edwina, is trying to push Kate and Antony together. Hmm. So even by the end of that Paul Mall game, Edwina tells Kate, she's like, I'm not interested in him. Because she's like, oh, you know, I want to marry an academic, and she's like interested in some other dude. And mm. so, like, literally, and that's, like, the first third of the book, Edwina is like, I'm out. <laughs> like, yeah, he clearly, clearly is, you know, wink, wink, I'm not interested anymore. 
Yeah, I feel like Kate Kate doesn't quite get that, but like as a reader, you're like, oh yeah, she's like giving her like the you know the nod of like it's fine. Yeah, I was um when the wedding was happening, I was just like this poor girl. I was just like I was like, are we, this wedding really gonna happen? Because I said, yeah. you know, how do we avoid this wedding? Like poor Dwina, like is she just like a yeah, dummy I was, or I was not a fan of like how they changed it into a love triangle. And I'm wondering if it's because it was so similar to what happened in the first book, because then what happens is Kate gets stung by the bee, Antony spirals into like a trauma response, and he's like, you've been stung, you're gonna die. Like, he's like, I have to get the venom, I have to get the venom. He like rips her dress mm. and starts to like suck the venom out of her like clavicle, which of course in 1811 yeah, is like, scandalous. you know, so, so scandalous. And of course, who walks by them while that's happening, but... Um, Mary, Mrs. Bridgerton, and Miss Featherington. Oh. So, of course, you know, uh, Miss Bridgerton is like, or Lady Bridgerton is like, oh, no, there was a bee. Like, so she would get it, but with, you know, the Featherington lady there. Uh, yeah. So then they, so then that is why him and Kate get married in the first, like, 35% of the book. Oh, well, I kind of, kind of glad that didn't happen, because, yeah, I feel like that, I feel like there's all these marriages that are happening because, like... Mm. Men and women oh, yeah. are oh, yeah. to be, like, alone together. Oh, yeah, for sure. There is, like, another... I don't exactly remember when it happens, but there is another scene where Kate is, like, afraid of storms, which they kind of had in the um, yeah. book. It must have been well before um, before the beat, but it's, like, <clears throat> she is in, I think, his office or whatever, and there's a storm, uh, and, so she, and she's, like, hiding under the desk or something like that. She's, like, hiding mm-hmm. from the storm, and he, like, comes across her. So then they're, like, sitting, and they have this, like, you know, emotional thing. Another funny scene that happens is um, the Bridgertons have a party. I forgot about this. And the opera singer is there that he, like, was hooking Ooh, up with awkward. in season one. Um, and so she is, Kate is, like, trying to get away from the party for a bit. And, of course, she stumbled. that's when she stumbles into the office. And she's like, oh, no, I hear someone coming. She's trying to run away. She runs into the office, which, of course, is exactly where Antony was taking the um, opera singer woman. So she's hiding under the desk. He's trying to, like, you know, hook up with this woman. And she's, like, puts a stop to it or whatever. Um, But that's when he's talking about how, like, oh, well, I won't love my wife. So it doesn't matter if I have, like, all these mistresses Mm. and stuff. So that's why book Antony kind of also sucks. (laughs) They all suck. Um, but so it's so it's like hearing him say that, which she does kind of overhear him saying similar things in the uh, garden in the show, mm-hmm. and so that's why she's like, um, yeah, no, sir, you will not be marrying my <laughs> sister no. because she deserves way more better than that. So I just yeah. didn't like how they turned it into a love triangle at the detriment of the relationship between the two sisters. True, um, because in the book, Kate isn't as controlling of Edwina's whole life. So I mean, I appreciated that in the show that Edwina does eventually, like, find her voice and, like, speak up for yeah. herself and is like, I'm tired of this shit. <laughs> like, no one ever lets me do what I want to do with my own life. Yeah, um, I kind of... But I was just like, oh, man. I was like, in the books, they had just such a better sister relationship. I kind of wish they had played up another one of the suitors, like, as a better match for Edwina. Like... Yeah. I mean, she doesn't have to have a match, but, I mean, in this world she does. But, you know, the first guy she was talking to that seems like poetry and whatever... Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, him, I don't doctor, know. Even the doctor guy could have been, because in the book it's a guy who's like an academic or like a doctor or something that she kind of And I also, with. yeah, I don't know what happened in the book, but I kind of wish in the show there was more of that 
you know, maybe she's getting closer to Dorset, who I think it was the name of the doctor guy, like, because, you know, Anthony tried to push them yeah. together or whatever, mm-hmm. and then he's, like, you know, getting jealous, which they really only had one scene of that, which was at, I feel like the Dorset guy was never at any of the balls to, like, ask her to dance, or not, not on the show anyways. Yeah, um, it wasn't enough. Yeah, um, I just, yeah. the whole time I was like, Edwina, come on, girl, like, wake up. Yeah, and I was I like, like, I guess I'm going to go for this wedding. It went so much farther than I thought it was going to go. I'm like, no, Same. at some point this will, Same. This will stop. It went so far. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. So I don't know if they changed it so much because they're like, oh, it's too similar to season one. Like, they're caught in an embrace and, like, have to get married yeah. and all the stuff. Except, obviously, in the books, since you're, like, it's told, like, almost kind of first perspective-ish like first person is so you get their internal thoughts where they both clearly like each other sure but they're but then they're like no that's that can't be possible but then because they had to get married then you have all of this where they're like married and they do like sleep together like their wedding night and you know is this whole thing where kate is like doesn't want to at first because she's like well i don't want to do this because you like had to marry me like you know, it's just a thing. You don't actually want to be married to me. And he gives this whole speech, like he kind of does in the show, but the line he gives is, Kate, I burn for you. And I'm like, what more Regency era line than that could you but have? They and they that. didn't use it. But they used that in season one. That's why they didn't use it. They used, That was exactly what the Duke said, or I don't know if Daphne said really? or the Duke said it. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that was one of the like, uh, you know, swoon-worthy things of season one that I everyone was, like, talking about. Oh, I don't remember that from season one. I so I don't know if they stole that books. from book two or what. <laughs> Probably. But. Um, Probably. And well, then in the end, in the book in the end, it's very similar. Um, Kate, now that she's a married lady, uh, can be a chaperone with Edwina and suitors. So they're in a carriage ride. Newton causes havoc. The carriage tips over. There's a wreck, and Anthony's like, "No, Kate, I love you." And but she breaks her leg, and but then they're you know happily ever after. Hmm. Um, I mean, overall, I feel like in the show, yeah, they definitely seem like they took some liberties. I did not like how they <laughs> just poor Edwina. I was like, Edwina, like yeah, that whole thing. I didn't ma- it was like. Too many. It's like it was almost too many different beats than I expected because I was like I feel like there were some key scenes like that give you insight into the characters it was like they hit the beat with Anthony's father dying like they yep. did it slightly differently but they still hit it they hit the beat with the B kind of and him having yep. like a spiral but it was almost a bit less than it was in the book and then everything after that they didn't quite hit it and I was like ah, too many missed beats I guess they did have the storm scene but it just didn't seem as enough because uh, I almost forgot the reason that Kate is a there you get the reason she's afraid of storms and it's because her mother like died during a storm and oh, all this stuff. So okay you get that right at the end so but yeah, more they're just they're just you know they have so much similar in common they're traumatized and oldest siblings yes like, it should just bring them together but I do feel like in the show they did a good job of kind of showing the older sibling thing at least that they yeah they didn't really play up as much Kate and having trauma with her mom dying but it was the similar, like, older siblings who have to do everything for their family, mm-hmm. whatever. And I, it, here's, I mean, a typical older sibling. It's like, Anthony's like, I'm convinced all my siblings despise me. And I'm like, I don't think <laughs> they, any of them do. But, like, you know, he has to be the one that's always telling them they yeah. can't buy stuff or they can't do stuff mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, for sure. But I think um, here, yeah. here's my I feel problem like the- with Anthony, okay? Yeah. Like, 
I get it. He didn't want to admit his feelings for Kate. But why would you stupidly... Like, I feel like everything he did was wrong. I was like, okay, you're pursuing this poor girl. Which, by the way, what's the age difference between them supposed to be? So, in the books, at least, he's 28. And this would have been her first season out. I don't know what age that is. 18. Let's say 18, hopefully. Well, in in the book, they talk about how Kate has to also be out this season because she's 1 in 20. And if she doesn't come out this season, next season she'll be a whole... Or maybe she's 20, and then the next season she'll be a whole one in 20, and then she's a spinster. So. Yeah, sure, of course. Um, in real life, it probably was like 16, I don't know. Ugh. But in the, Let's in say the book and the show, I, in the book and the show, I think it's like an 8 to 10 year age gap. Okay, so he has set his eyes on this 18 year old who he clearly has <laughs> nothing in common with, and yeah. he's just, she's fine or whatever, they're just not, you know, simpatico. Um, no, so so dumb. he's pursuing her, pursuing her, pursuing her, even though he clearly doesn't love her. And it's, like, so the audacity of a man to be like, well, because I want to marry her and I don't want to be in love, that means, like, she doesn't get to find someone she's yeah. in love with either. It's like, okay, True. Anthony. And then and then oh, he yes. freaking proposes to her after, like, all the stuff with Kate. And I'm like, yep. dude, dude. And then it's like, he can't back out because that's not allowed. So, like, he's like, how do we get her to back out? And it's like... Dude, and the looks he's giving the sister during the ceremony, I'm like, man, yeah, you're the worst. I just felt, I just felt so bad. And the bit where the younger sister was saying that she did love Anthony, I was like, girl, no, you don't. Of course she doesn't, but she's 18 and she thinks that's what love is. She doesn't know. It's like she doesn't know. So that's what I didn't. I didn't like that the show took the love triangle so far. Yeah. And then, like, I maybe would have liked it better if it had then come out like that. Edwina was like, well, I'm going to marry Antony because, like, I know it's what I need to do for the family. And it's like, she knew all along that it's like, yeah. that's what she had to do. The whole thing with the grandparents was, like, so perplexing to me. That definitely is not a plot point at all in the books. Yeah, um, they were the worst. So, yeah, they were the worst. And it seemed like they, again, were just, like, a, supposed to be a plot driver. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, was, like, weird and fell off to me. And, again, all it did was, like, drive a wedge between the two sisters, which I'm like, I'm not about that. <laughs> I feel like it would have been interesting since they seem to veer so far from the book now that I'm thinking about it. Like, maybe they go to London knowing their fortunes are whatever, but not like they're trying to be Featherington about it or sneaky about it. They just know Mm -hmm. that, like, their fortunes run out because their fathers died. They know that the Sheffields will support them. But, like, for some reason, Kate, because she's not, like, part of the – she's not, like, from, you know, whatever, the Sheffield line. She she can't – like, she's not the one who's going to, like, bag herself a, you know, mm-hmm. a Viscount or Baron or Duke. So, even, I think maybe if, like, Edwina realizes that really, like, Kate and Anthony love each other, but she's kind of, like, stuck in the middle because she feels yeah. like she has to marry him even though they don't love each other because of, like, her family, you know? Like, yep. something like that. Yeah. Um... But yeah, that's, that's them. I mean, they end up together in the end. It's all happy yeah, ending. But it works out in the end. I wish I that Edwina like, had, 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 had a love that she wanted to marry. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just a But she was going to marry like, Anthony anyways. You know, when you're watching a show like this, where it's like enemies to lovers, do you want them to be like, then have, be forced into like a marriage of convenience almost early on and then grow into it? Or do you want to see them like, grow into it, and then just get married right at the end. (laughs) 
Um, you get to yeah. the same destination either either way. Um, I feel like because in the first season, and again, like I don't know how that matches up with the books, because we did have that storyline, I think I would exactly. have been annoyed if they had done that again. I'd be like, God, again. every marriage in this show is just... Exactly. That's why, I mean, I so I understand, at least, in, I don't know if that's officially why they changed it, but I understand if that is why they were fun- changed it so fundamentally, because, yeah, it's like exactly the same as yep. season one would have been. But, you know, to the side characters, which is really sure. who, Let's who do we're it. here for. I mean, you know, I got so many notes. I'm like, who am I? Who do you want to start with? <laughs> who am I? I don't know. I guess should we, we'll just go alphabetically. Sure. Uh, okay. Anthony, we talked about. Anthony. All right, Benedict. Benedict. All I have to say is he's still the hottest Bridgerton brother. Like, Oh, yeah. No. Nope. He's definitely still the hottest. I don't know um, why all the ladies aren't throwing themselves at him. I would be like, <laughs> who cares about Anthony or any of them? Even the Duke, I'd be like, well, I mean, maybe if it was the Duke, I'd, I'd be interested, but um, Benedict, I'd be like, yeah, yeah bro. No, Benedict is great. Uh, yeah. Oh, here's a note. It says Benedict. Benedict, day drinking. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's yeah. when he, he's so, him and Colin are really hungover, and he's like, just keep drinking. He's like, if you never that, that was the stop best. drinking, then you won't get hungover. There's this, okay, if anyone ever used to watch um, the whatever Newlywood show with Nick Lachey and oh, Jessica yeah, Simpson. Yeah, yeah. There's mm-hmm. this one scene that I always think about where I think they had to like they were drinking the night before and then they had to like go golfing and they're like, just never let your blood alcohol level drop below <laughs> or whatever and you'll be fine. It was something like that. It's like So yeah, that was a good scene for sure. And then so I mean basically Benedict is still, you know, I feel like angsty over his art or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I guess, yeah. like, him and the Madame Delacroix thing is fizzled out for whatever fizzled reason. Out. and Yeah. He applies to join, like, the Royal Art Academy or whatever and gets accepted and he's, like, vibing. He gets kind of into, like, drugs. Oh, sure. Um, I have written on here that Benedict is the, I remember my first drug trip meme. Because <laughs> he, like, drinks that tea from college. Dude, he Colin. drank too much of that tea. Even when he, he like, pours it in the thing, I'm like, dude, that's too much. I'm not even an expert, and I'm like, Colin's like, you just put a little bit, and then he, like, pours the entire bag. It's like, dude. Dude. Um, I do like when Anthony was like, back on the tea, I see. <laughs> like, later. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, um, of course, he, like, finds out that, you know, the reason he, quote-unquote, got accepted to the college is because Anthony made a donation. Yeah. He's, like, all gonna quit, and Anthony's like, don't do that. Like, you know, you still have talent. It doesn't matter. I feel like it's like, if you want to paint, paint. That was one good thing that yeah. Anthony said. He's like, dude, yeah. just paint if you want to paint. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully, um, the third book, obviously, uh, is supposed to be Benedict's book. Is supposed to be Benedict's. That's why I was confused. Because yes. I feel like in the first season, they kind of set up who the next season was going to be about. Because at the end, Anthony's like, mm. next season, I'm finding myself a wife. And so you're yeah. very clear, like, okay, the next season's clearly going to be about Anthony. But I don't feel like they really did that in this one unless i missed no, it i don't think they did either like the books weirdly go in like based daphne is first the yeah. duke and i and then the rest of the books are alphabetical order by hmm. child so i'm hoping it's season three i actually am starting to listen to the audiobook for it now um because i do like benedict um and from what i can tell the plot is kind of a bit of like cinderella-esque mm. um story where it's like a girl who is like the bastard daughter of a lord, uh, but then he dies, and then his 
like wife at the time, so her like stepmom takes her in, um, mm, okay. or like, keeps her on as a maid or whatever <clears throat> until she's like twenty. Oh, because it's like a stipulation of the will. She gets more money if the daughters continue to be allowed to live there, but then mm-hmm. she like treats her as a maid, and they meet at a sure. masquerade. Of course. So, yeah, of course. Cinderella. And, you know. Yeah, I feel like Benedict... So, I'm, I'm, only like, I'm only, like, a few chapters in, but, um, yeah, I guess I've seen some bits where Shonda was like, oh, well, the seasons might not, like, completely follow the books and order, and I'm like, oh, I feel like that's fine, because there's so many... The books are very restricted to only the main couples, mm-hmm. so you have to flesh out a show, so you've got to, like, you mix, have and, other characters. mix and match and mingle the storylines a little bit, but um, I'm hoping it's Benedict just because I love him the most. Yeah, I just feel like Benedict... I don't see him being with, like, some, you know, one of the ladies we've met. He has no. to, he needs someone with a sense of humor. He needs someone who's, like, exactly. puts up with the shenanigans. Like me. I mean, if I yeah. could go marry Benedict, <laughs> that's where I would want to be. Yeah. A quick wit. Uh, yes. Uh, not part of the ton and all this no, stuff. No, so no, no, no. I think you've hit it right on the head, and that's why, uh, you know, this story, hopefully, is how they would play it out. Um, um, let's move to... But yeah, then we get to Colin. <sighs> Who, Boo. as we've already touched on, was lame sauce in the show until the end. Um, but in the books, he was much more a uh, little sneaky devil. And I was like, wow, do I like Colin now? And then I watched the show and I was like, nah, not so much. But I appreciated Here's that he, uh, I don't like, I don't like how he treats Penelope, let's no. be real. Uh, and I don't know what happens in her book. Her book is obviously his book, um, but I haven't read that. And, um, but I appreciated that he like... Try, was trying to like protect her family uh obviously yeah that lady featherington was in on it but here's here's what's annoying about him like the whole thing where he went to go see um lady drake marina from oh, the last miss thompson from the last season i like i was just like when she like told him off at the end or not told him off but basically been like take your head out of your ass and live in reality dude i wrote slow good. clap for marina i was like yes girl <laughs> you tell him Yep. He is, yep. he's just, ugh, dude, I feel like he needs, like, so much validation. I'm like, you're you're such a middle child, Colin, like, in the, I mean, I realize there's a lot of Bridgerton, so he's, like, there's multiple middle children. <laughs> he's definitely but it's, like, in the middle. <laughs> he's definitely in the middle, because he just. I guess it's like, if you're the first son, then you're the heir. You're the second son, you're, like, the spare. What yeah. are you if you're the third son? I don't know. So maybe he's, uh. You know, maybe he's suffering from that. I mean, I did like at the end that he brought everyone to the club and is trying to, like, help the yeah. boxer Maybe guy. Maybe he can get in on that, like, as a business. Cause he's, That's like, what trying I was to thinking, what to too. Do like, life. just do that. And, like, be an investor and, yeah. Yeah. And, and be in there. Um, then after Colin is Daphne. Who, Daphne. She was in the show about as much as she was in the books. The only time she's in the books Here. is when they're playing Paul Mall. So. Here's my question. Okay. So, I get it. I feel like for some of it, they can explain away the Duke being gone. You know, like, he's, he's a Duke. He's got stuff to do. But, like, the wedding, I'm like, that was the one scene where I was like, this is unbelievable. Like, if, like, the brother <laughs> of my wife was getting married, like, you would be at that wedding. You know what I mean? At the but Queen's Palace. But the little baby palace. was cute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at the Queen's Palace, exactly. The little baby was cute. Augie or whatever like, I think his name was. Yeah. But I do like that, that Daphne remember. was kind of like... Like, immediately it was like, oh, you must be Miss Edwina to Kate or whatever. Because, mm-hmm. like, and then when Edwina was like, oh, I love how Anthony is so uh, even-tempered or whatever. And Daphne's like, uh, excuse <laughs> what? me? What? 
Yeah. Who are you talking so I appreciate about? it. I appreciate how they used her as kind of the uh, person, like to give Anthony reality. I feel like she can kind of get to come in as the outsider and be like, "Nah, yeah. nah, dog. This is a bad <laughs> idea." Exactly. Everyone. But I do. I was so annoyed when she like caught them or whatever, and then like Anthony was like, "No, it was nothing." I was like, "Dude, you freaking." had a duel last mm-hmm. season when this happened like it's yep. just like what <laughs> I, yeah i appreciate i appreciated that she called him out for it too being yep. like um mm-hmm. no sir <laughs> uh nah um but yeah not too much with daphne i mean she's just you know loving life with the duke had a little baby yep. and i just love how she's like i left my husband and duke with the uh duke for this or whatever and to come mm-hmm. to the showing for eloise which which is our next next Bridgerton. Yep. Yeah, then we have Eloise, who I feel like of all the books I might, besides Benedict's one, I might be most interested to read hers, because I'm very curious, like, because I don't envision her character getting, like, married anytime soon, so I'm just curious how that would play out in 1815. Like, Eloise is a hard character for me. I don't know if it's the way she's portrayed or what. Yeah. It's like, sometimes I like her, but a lot of times I just find her to be really annoying. Definitely. I'm over here nodding my like, head she's not, very she's vigorously. Not, she's not I like, feel like the she... worst like Colin and Anthony are. She's just like she's just like a spoiled brat, like I think. She's definitely it's like a spoiled brat and she doesn't yeah, she's always like sticking her nose in things that she doesn't actually understand or know about or like have any business dealing with. Um and then she, I can tell obviously at least in the show by how she's like talks to um, Penelope it's like she's so black or white and yeah. that it's like one day she's loving Miss Whistledown and the next day she's like this Miss Whistledown is a washed up hag like <laughs> you know how is she writing such horrible things it's like she just sees everything so black and white and yeah. it's like she's flip flopping all over the place and, and she doesn't have any sense of like nuance or I no. mean I kind of liked the fight that her and Penelope had because Penelope called her out and she was like yeah. you're just like a spoiled entitled brat that like has never had to work hard or do anything hard in her whole life um like you don't know anything about you know what anyone else is going through so i was like you stand up for yourself. i also feel like she's very high and mighty with things but yeah. also to the argument she had with the printer guy i think sharp Tom, whatever his name was mm, yeah when he was you like know. you're just you're trying to make up for like your unearned status in life because you were born into you know she thinks she's so high and mighty but also she's reaping the benefits of being a bridgerton and how she was born and it's like you get to sit around and read all day feminist syndrome you get to sit around and read all day and you you know yeah to try and be this intellectual you're so anti everything that society is doing and Agreed, like, the way women were treated in high society wasn't the best, but also women were having to do what they had to do to survive because that's what you had mm-hmm. to do to survive. So don't, like, look down upon these women for playing the game, yeah. you know what I mean? But also, sure. if you were just born to some random family, you'd be... You wouldn't get to sit around and read all day, Eloise. Yeah, exactly. I, like, I'm looking at my notes and it's like, episode two... I was like, LOL, I love Eloise. Episode three, LOL, Eloise holding the baby is me. <laughs> like, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, she didn't <laughs> and, then by the end, I, and then by the end, I was like, uh, oh, no, to Eloise. Uh. I know. <laughs> so it's like how it shifted by the end. <laughs> well, I do. There were some funny scenes with Eloise, and I like every interaction she has with the queen, I think, is hilarious. And she's like, 
She's yes. like, I prefer emeralds myself. Just like, she's so awkward with the queen. And then when the queen <laughs> has her in the carriage trying to like interrogate her about being Lady, yep. Lady Whistledown, she's like, what? No. I would yeah, never. she's like, definitely not. Yeah. So she does have funny moments and I do, I do feel for her not wanting to like you know, be in the situation she has to be in, like, as far as... Yeah. It's like she's trying stuff. to break the mold that she's been stuck in, in her place in society, but she doesn't understand, like, how women are treated outside of that no, no. Of society whatsoever, so... And also, um, yeah. I... Maybe... She's also not giving anyone a chance. She's not talking to anyone. Like, maybe there is some guy or people person that like true would treat her like as an equal or yeah. she danced with like one shirt face and then was like i'm over it <laughs> yeah exactly like the guy that came not that like he's right for eloise but he seemed like a nice capable fellow mm-hmm. like um true yeah so anyways like, eloise is hard because i find her funny but also perplexing, annoying at the perplexing. same time yeah <laughs> yeah i also my other note that strictly mentions Eloise is that um obviously she kept sneaking off to the printers and like wherever that was supposed to be in London I was like maybe she should like dress down a bit like she's always going in her like full carriage and like really fancy clothes I don't think I realized in the first season they live in Mayfair which is Mm -hmm. oh yeah the town was all in Mayfair for for those who don't know that's where Sarah got married is in Mayfair and that's where we stayed that's why Mayfair is so fancy it has all those like fancy townhomes yeah fancy hotels um, like the little parks with all the hotels around. Those are all like stately homes back in the day. Yeah. Um, because it because of the close proximity to the queen. The yeah. Um, okay, who's next? So we've got Eloise. I mean, the younger kids, there's no storyline for them, yeah, right? Yeah, we like, don't have the stories yet. They do each know. get their own books, but even like, you know, they're like under the age of 13 or 14. Yeah, I'm like, they need to hit 13 years before now. I care about what they're doing. So then, I think we should switch to the Featheringtons. <gasps> the Featheringtons. Featheringtons. Um, one of my top notes for the Featheringtons, uh, I would just like to point out, is there's the, uh, it must be at the Bridgerton Ball, maybe, the Country Ball, and Lady Featherington is wearing that, like, really cute, like, hot pink and purple dress. <laughs> I have to look at it. I mean, I feel like her dresses are... They're, the Featheringtons always are wearing brightly colored outfits. Very bright colors, but I liked it. It was speaking of the, you know, colors of the San Diego wave. It was very, yeah. like, bright. <laughs> like, bright pink and, like, purple, I think. And I was like, ooh, that's cute. <laughs> You're like, I'll take that. Um, yeah. It was, at, it was at whatever ball she does her shenanigans to uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. entrap Jack Featherington. Yeah, she did. She pulled an entrapment. Yeah. Um, well, for those like who don't they remember... Re- they replaced the Kate and Antony entrapment with that yes. entrapment. So for those who don't remember, at the end of last season, the uh, Lord Featherington was killed by guys he owed money to, I think. Um, I thought so, it was that he... Um, because he won the bet? Because he yeah, won the match? And I, so then they killed him because they didn't want to pay him all that money. And they I mean, it was all... I mean, it's all, like, related it was to the... two bookies. Yeah, it was yeah. two bookies. So, basically, they tease that there's going to be a new Lord Featherington, but we don't know who it is, and then, so they finally introduce him, and he's kind of a youngest, youngish, um, okay-looking guy who... Yeah. My note is, the second they were like, oh, well, the, you know, new Lord Featherington is, like, this old guy, and then she's like, well, she just be happy it's not his son, Jack, who's, like, in America, and I was like, it's gonna be him. <laughs> it's gonna be Jack! Yeah, um, it's not mentioned, like, this is not from the book, so I was like, or, like, it's not really mentioned, but I was like, I bet you it's gonna be him. Yeah. 
So he shows and up. And I was and right. <laughs> he, you know, is like, oh. And then he's immediately trying to woo uh, someone from the Tawn. And Lord Lady Featherington doesn't like that because she's like, we're going to have this person come in here and she's going to be Lady Featherington and kick us all out of the yeah. house. So she hatches a scheme to uh, entrap. Always be scheming. That's entrap- like motto instead of like always be selling it's always be scheming <laughs> true i do like how um what's her name the daughter that ends up getting engaged to lord featherington yeah. always calls him cousin jack and lady featherington she's like stop calling him that <laughs> so she entraps her daughter but then it's revealed lord featherington is like why would you have done that because we're broke we have no money like me marrying someone was going to ensure that we didn't end up on the streets because the mines in yep. America that he's been talking so much about are useless. Got nothing. Yeah. I was like, yeah, ruby mines in Georgia, that's not a thing. Yeah. That's... <laughs> um, not. But even from a pretty early on um, episode, like after he gets introduced, I was like, ooh, I was like, um, I, I wrote IDK what's going to happen, but feel like the Aaron Lady Featherington uh, should be a fun match. Ooh. And that's episode right. three. I wrote that down. So nice. I was like, I feel like they've got some tension happening. And then later on, episode five, uh, I wrote, Lady Featherington and Jack Featherington definitely have some tension brew- brewing. Now, here's my question. Okay, so they do end up having a little... They kind of become partners in crime because they hatch yeah. this, as you said, she's always be scheming, um, to... Episode five, Ponzi steal money scheme. from Ponzi everybody. Ponzi scheme alert. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So they basically decide they're going to get everyone to invest in these mines. These and then I don't know. The plan is to run away with the money. So what do you think? Was it always Lady Featherington's plan to once she figured out? I'm sure she had to think about like we're going to take all this money. Eventually, people are going to be asking for the money. What's the plan? Do you think she already knew that she was going to kind of like hatch this plan to kick cousin double like the double cross? Yeah, exactly. Or I don't know. Did she make know. it that night? I don't know. I guess I wasn't really, I was like, how are they going to, you know, me, I'm just like, how are they going to get out of this? They're never going to be able to pay anyone back and blah, blah, blah. And then the second, and so I wasn't thinking of it like at that point. And then like the next episode or so when he mentions like, you know, they're wanting, asking about the money and like, he's like, oh, we'll hatch the scheme. We're going to have to leave. The second he mentions them leaving, I was like, oh no, son, like she's she not going to thank you. I was like, she ain't leaving. I was like, she is a mom first and is going to pick her daughters definitely over you, no matter how much sexual tension you guys have. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder if she was playing that up to try to, like, From the beginning, win his yeah, trust. Maybe. Or maybe. at least when she realized that, like, he was flirting with her, you know? He wasn't doing mm-hmm. that immediately. No. Um, so I wonder. But, yeah, in, in the end, um, she kicks his ass to the curb. I did like the speech that she gave about, like, her daughters, and she's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I have. Good. She's like they're the worst sometimes, but they're my daughters, and my <laughs> like I'm here to take care of them. Yeah, and it worked well. Like having Colin kind of expose it in her then totally playoff. Like she was like, well, who would exactly as you said, where the women of the time were just doing what they had to do, and she True. goes in Jack's face. She's like, well, who's gonna believe that a little old lady, like little old woman, is me, me had to help you create this scheme, like such a you know, yeah. great businessman such as yourself needed a woman's help. Like, yeah, so she did. Or that, that she was involved at all. She's like, how, how? No one's gonna believe that I was involved in this. Like, 
I'm just a dumb old lady. Like, yep. So he he out. So that leaves the I guess I don't know if she's the eldest Featherington or the middle Featherington. I don't know. So now she's back open to date to finding someone next yeah. season. I guess. <laughs> Back on the market, I guess. Back on the market. Featheringtons have money again. I love Miss. I love uh, Lady Featherington and her maid or whatever her. Yes, they're the always The actress scheming. that plays the maid looks so familiar to me, but I could not think. I even looked her up, but I didn't recognize anything she'd been in. But I was like, she just looks so similar. I just love that she's like so in with every scheme and plan that like Lady Featherington yep. hatches. And <laughs> the end, she's like Varley. It's Varley, I think. Varley uh, forges. She's very good. She has very good penmanship, like to forge like a signature. <laughs> so I like that dynamic between them. They're good. Um, but I mean, do we need to talk about uh, Penelope? Yeah, I guess I feel like she's she the like other the last major big, character we need to talk she's about. She's like the big main main major character. So we have Penelope, who at the end of season one was unmasked yes. to be yes. Lady Whistledown. Now, I have a serious question. Do they do this in the books? Do they immediately reveal it's her, or is it like you don't know? No, you don't know. So when I listen to book two, you still have the narration from Lady Whistledown, but you have no clue who it is. I don't even know. I mean, I assume in the books it's Penelope, but I don't even know for sure. Um, now, do we wish they had... I guess my question is, in the show, do we do we like that they've revealed it so early, or do we... Because, I mean, in this season, we got to see how she's pulling this whole thing off, which was kind of yeah. interesting, which we wouldn't have got. And I don't know what they would have done with her storyline, like, if not Otherwise, for that. Yeah. I don't know. It's so hard to say because, as you mentioned, especially this season, it becomes such an integral part of the plot. Because it's like she is now realizing, oh, Eloise is out this season, so, like, I'm not able to sneak off at parties anymore. Mm-hmm. Because now Eloise is always, like, all up in my grill. Like, you know, trying to use me as a way to avoid dancing. And, you know, so she's like, ooh, I need, like, someone else to help me. I need another way to do this. Or Eloise is back on her investigation. So she's, like, trying to find who the printer is. And yep. so it's like, you know, the her business is, like, getting out of hand for her to just manage on her own. Yep. Um, And that's such a big part of the plot. And especially with her and Eloise's, like, friendship because Eloise is so hot and cold on... Um, Lady Whistledown, yeah. and obviously Penelope is like takes that personally, because but it's like but Eloise doesn't know that it's yeah, her, so it's all this, you know the drama between them. That's the whole reason, really. Um, um, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like, I think I like it because it works for the plot because I do like Penelope's character, yeah, and so I like being able to see her more and see her unlike Eloise, who Eloise complains about her like station in life and like. Mm-hmm. You know, being part of the ton and like high society, whereas Penelope is kind of part of that, but obviously they don't have any money, so she doesn't have that like kind of cushy yeah thing that the Bridgertons have and like that cushy reputation and the money that comes along with that. Um, so she's found another avenue to like make money, which I did the bit where she is like rushed to the printers and is like, you know, my um, oh yeah, lady, she'll take a flat ten. So I looked up what ten pounds would be. Um, so 10 pounds, because I had read or watched another historical thing where they're like, oh, he gets like 10 pounds a year. And that was like the money they made for the year. Um, so in today's money, it's like 860 Damn. pounds. So it's like, I mean, it's a lot. It's not as much as I would have thought, but obviously if you're, um, I mean, if you're doing that like once a week, that, like once a week, 
uh, over the summer, like, 12-week yeah. season or whatever. I did the math. Like, it's a lot of money. And it's, like, for her pa- for her family, you know, tens of thousands of pounds. And then also because the reach of that money is much further. Oh, for sure. <laughs> in 1811 to 15 than uh, it would be today. So, like, making, you know, 20,000 pounds in a summer, that's way... Because, I mean, even at the ball... Um, Lady Danbury is like, oh well, he gets you know ten thousand you know a year or whatever. Yeah, so she's easily making more than that off of Lady Whistledown. Um, no, I I totally applaud her entrepreneurship, and I love when she goes yeah. to the printer and is like a little, she like changes her accent and she's accent, acting like yeah. a maid or whatever. The line where Lady Featherington is like, um, oh, because the modiste is there, and she's like, oh, my mistake. And leaves um, undercover from their house. And she's like, can you imagine a woman having to run her own business? Ugh. And Penelope's like, uh-huh. Yeah, I can't. It's terrible. So, yeah, she does team up with uh, Madame Delacroix because she needs a help, you know, delivering yeah. the whatevers. Yeah. And my main note about um, Madame Delacroix is, and I literally put a star next to it because I was like, how does the modiste make all of these dresses so quickly? I don't know. Did she have a team? Yeah, I was like, how is this happening? She's just sewing constantly, but she also seems to be always minding the shop, so. I don't know. Maybe she does it. She's amazing. Um, Here's what I wish would happen. Okay, so I feel she's Lady Whistledown, whatever. There's that whole storyline, but I just want her. What I would really like for them to do is introduce a character like a love interest for Penelope that was not Colin because Colin is the yeah, literal worst. Me too. And okay, so I, it made me think of like, okay, there's this book that I'm going to tell everyone about. It's called The Air by mm-hmm. Johanna Lindsay. Okay, it's it's an older one. I think I picked it up at like the airport one time, not really knowing. <laughs> and it had like your typical, and I think I ripped it out, but the, your typical like, you know, Fabio painting Uh, type deal sure sure so basically it's very bridgerton-esque like it's set in the country though so probably like an aubrey hall Mm -hmm. or whatever and the whole plot is there is a scottish guy that's like from the highlands whose grandfather is some you know duke or whatever he owns this like big country estate and then there was some deal where like the the highland guy has to go there and so, like, they're trying to, like, marry him off. So they bring, like, all the ladies from, like, London to, like, meet this, like, Highlander. Oh, yes. And then there's <laughs> a girl that lives, like, down the road or whatever. She lives in the country. She's a country girl. Lives with, like, her two aunts who are, like, whatever, spinsters, but they have a grand old time. And there's this, like, animosity between, like, the old man that owns the estate and, like, the spinster aunts. And they, like, hate each other mm-hmm. for whatever reason. But, like, she ends up somehow getting invited to this thing and she's convinced that like no one could she's like you know not like you know she's like a bigger girl and like she but yeah. she's like funny she's not and like she's, other she's, girls which little does she no, know like, that makes her the main character exactly so anyways her and the her and the highland guy strike strike up a friendship that you know may or may not turn to romance and there's and there's the whole thing where it's like does he actually love me? Or, and there's there's like entrapment storylines. It's very mm-hmm. it's very Bridgerton, okay? So sure, sure. If you want to find, right. I mean, in like in these like period historical romances, right? There was only so many catalysts sure. to a society marriage. So you know, but you all I want is you have. But I think like what I want is for there to be a 
love interest that is introduced that like wants to be with Penelope for who she like there's no mm. like she doesn't have to change herself he appreciates for yeah. her thinks she's beautiful like whatever sees her you know and yeah. like how Colin does not be, honestly yeah who, how fun would that be especially if he was like also Scottish too have like a oh. Scottish lord come Hell yeah. for the season and like fall in love with Penelope. I'm into it. I think and she's a bonnie lass or whatever, you know, yeah. like I feel from what I've read, I feel like even though Colin's book is him, it's actually more Penelope's book. So I am curious I just how it all plays I out. Really but yeah, don't I feel like in the shows they could do something totally different and have her end up with someone else. I really don't want them to end together because I just feel like Colin sucks and like it just <laughs> Yeah. I feel like she's just holding out hope for this guy who, like, clearly does not, like, see her in the same way. And even if he does, like, at some point, is that what she wants? Like, too like, little, too late, maybe. Yeah, exactly. So, if you want, like, an alternate reality, like, of what should happen <laughs> to Penelope, go check out The Air by Johanna Lindsay. Um, I'm into it. And, you uh, know, I mean, you mentioning the country estate, that reminded me of, like, you know, another thing that um, Kate and Anthony had in common, because you were talking about childhood trauma. Of losing a parent, um, the being the oldest sibling, the whole thing is they go to the country house and Kate is like enamored and talks about how she grew up in the country. So that's the thing, obviously, in the books, they were from the country, like the English country, they weren't, li- hadn't been like living in India. So it's like, oh, I grew up in the country and mm. would love to live in a country house. And Anthony's whole thing is that he hates living in London and he would much prefer to live in the country. So it's again another thing they had in common. And that, yeah. um. Do we miss any of the side characters? Um, we have Lady Danbury. Is just oh, yes. fabulous as always. I She's appreciated the best. that she they gave her like a little more, even more scenes this time. Um, I liked all her the interactions where it's like her and Kate and their like strong wills. Oh um, yeah going against um, each other but then the bit where Kate is like, Well, you're alone and you're happy and she's like, Yeah, but like I was married. She's like, I'm and, a like, widow, was actually. Happy. Yeah, she's like, um, like, I had a life before I was, like, a rich old lady, like. <laughs> yeah. Because that's um, who we all want to be. We want to be Lady Danbury. Oh, but sure. But obviously in the, in the late, uh, when she would have gotten married, it would have been, like, the late 1700s, probably. So that definitely involved having to have a rich husband first. <laughs> For sure. I feel like, um, it's funny to me when she's hanging out with Lady Bridgerton because they, like, don't call each other mm. by their first name. I'm like, you guys are, like, best friends. I feel like you could just say, like. Is it, they're like, Lady Danbury, Lady Bridgerton. I'm like, yep. okay, when do you stop being able to call people by their first name <laughs> in this right. reality? Right, like their little, their little schemes. Yeah, they do like to scheme. Um, yeah, she's always fun. I, I mean, I like Lady Bridgerton, too. She's good. Um, let's see who else. I'm trying to think who else there is. Newton I mean, I the guess dog. we have the only major, yeah, Newton the dog, and I guess the queen. Oh, yeah, the queen. Um, you know, we have little bits here and there of the queen. Um, I, honestly, my favorite bit of the queen was right at the end when Edwina's on the stage. Yeah. And she turns to him and she's like, I haven't told you about my nephew. Yeah. And the prince. He's a prince and available. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, Edwina needs a love match mm. for sure. I'd be like, be careful there, Edwina, because then she's going to set you up with the prince. And if you he sucks, then you're stuck with him. <laughs> But yeah, he seemed all right last season. It was okay. Yeah, he was fine. He was fine. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and th- no, I think, and then I guess I feel like a main thing that people talked about in the first season was like, ooh, all the, it's like pop music but classical. Oh wait, so I, I wrote them all the, down. Uh, 
I didn't write them all down, but I do have it down here in the last episode where they have them dancing to Wrecking Ball. Oh, Wrecking Ball. That's a good choice. I was like, Wrecking Ball is a very good song choice. Okay, because down. I always listen to them on with captions on, it always says when a song is, you know, ah. sometimes I can catch what they are. Sometimes. So here's the ones that I caught. I maybe missed some of them. Okay, Material Girl was the first one. Mm-hmm. Shine Bright Like a Diamond was one. Mm-hmm. Dancing on My Own, Robin. That was a really good yeah. one. That one I did um, catch. I remember You ought to know. One. Yeah. Oh, I did write you that down know. too, actually. I have on, uh, under my Ponzi scheme alert note, it says, Alanis, you ought to know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny because we were watching, we're watching the show Pam and Tommy, and so it's set in the, you know, 90s or whatever. Yeah, so right in that era. I'd watch that episode, and then we were watching that, and they had, like, a scene of MTV or something, and it's it was like, you ought to know, but the real version, <laughs> I'm like, I just listening to the song. Okay, Sign of the Times, What About Us? Which Ooh, is like, there was a sign badass? of the time, like Harry Styles sign of the times. Yeah, I think I'll so. I'll have to go back and pull that one because I like that song. Um, that. And then there's like, what about us? Which was, I like that one. And then how mm. deep is your love? And then Wrecking Ball. Those are the only ones I yeah. clocked. Um, but I do enjoy those. Okay. I feel like they're just giving yeah. giving so much like wedding fodder, you know, like for for yeah. like pre-wedding oh, totally. stuff, you know? Totally. Totally. I'm like, man, I wish yeah. these had been here. Yeah. I would have like, enjoyed having vitamin those. Vitamin string orchestra. I mean, exactly. that's what I played during our like cocktail hour thing or whatever yep i yeah, remember no, i had a friend back got... through i'm going back through my notes that i put little stars next to and being like what are those what are those for the scene where they have um the ring fitting and like mm. kate has to put on the ring or whatever and the guy asks for cake he's sitting on the couch eating the cake with his hands and i just put finger cake apparently it's okay jack doesn't do it so i have not personally experienced it but in the, like, Facebook groups I'm in that are all, like, American women in the UK, apparently it's a very big thing here where if you're at, like, kids' birthday parties or whatever, lunch, I don't know, high tea, I guess, people just eat the, like, little pieces of cake with their hands and they don't use a fork. So, like, if you go to a kid's birthday party, they don't even have forks out as an option. You just take your cake on a napkin and, like, eat it with your hands. And I'm just like, this is horrible and is not acceptable in our post-COVID yeah. world. I'm, like, trying to think about, like, how do you even eat cake with your hands? It's one thing for, like, yeah. a brownie, but... But I think that's the other thing, is that, like, British cake on the whole is much drier. Mm. And it's, like, a very dry, firm cake. It's not, like, a American doing cake a moist like cake. Oil. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to... Without triggering to anyone. I know people don't like that word. Um, so I think that's probably for part of it. But I think, you know, I, in the show, they showed him with a huge wedge... But I think here they do the things where they do, like, the finger slices, like, the mm. little square slices a lot, so. I love that guy when he was like, oh, I love some cake and maybe some tea and sandwiches as well. <laughs> like, dude, you're just inviting yourself. <laughs> yeah, he's like, um, and wrap it up to go? <laughs> yeah. And then when he goes to, like, Lady Featherington. Th- yeah, throw in some ice iced tea as well, it'd be great. <laughs> he goes to, like, Lady Featherington and she's trying to like get him to evaluate this fake necklace or whatever and then so yep. she tells him to leave he's like no cake she's like no not this time or whatever yeah like, not this time he's like so good so good i didn't know that that's like i don't like that eating cake with your hands yeah i've yeah i've never experienced it but i've been told so then i then i noticed it in the show mm. the other thing i noticed it was because i was like oh that's very british um then in the wedding scene they have kate walk down the aisle before her sister which is very un-british and I was like, oh, is why it? is she? A, I was like, why is she a bridesmaid and walking down the aisle? No, yeah, in British weddings, you watch the royal weddings, the bridesmaids walk behind. They hold the train. I guess that's true. They fluff the dress I don't and then remember. they technically sit down. 
Where did I? I, don't I feel like I walked in front again. of you. <laughs> yeah, because I did it American way. Uh, I'm like trying to think. I also like, made you guys stand because I was like, uh, because that's the thing at British weddings. Usually the bridal party would sit down too. I just know your wedding was traumatic for me because of the signature thing, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> oh, how do we feel? I mean, this has been a long one, but how do we feel about the level of smut this season, I guess I'll say, like, compared to the first season? I feel season? like there, like, wasn't any. I literally was, like, sitting there at one point. I was like, there I was has like, not I been seen anything. Any <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was sitting here. I think Tim was just, like, sitting doing something on his phone. I was like, there hasn't been any smut in this entire season. This sucks. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's, like, a scene where we get, like, a flash of Antony's butt in, like, episode one or something, because he's, like, just getting out of bed. Oh, true. No, I don't count that. And then there's, like, and then there's, like, a scene, there's, like, some scenes where it's, like, um, Benedict and the lady from the art school. True. I guess. I don't know. But but they're all so quick. But it's not, it's not, like, season one whatsoever. I was literally, like, in season one, it was, like, real like nothing and then it hit it and I was like yes here we yeah. go and then yeah. in this one but I will say the first scene where Anthony and Kate get together I'm like you are outside in a gazebo I was like anyone could walk yeah, up here I was here. literally stressing I was, I was stressing, stressing. I had I'm... to go back and watch I, I was watching stress the entire time and then I like went back and watched like the scene again like later after I'd finished yeah. the season because I was like I need to watch this knowing that no one's going to catch them going to catch them <laughs> I was like this is stressful yep. Yeah, because I was like, uh, in the books, they got caught with the bee sting situation, which is just, like, so ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm like, this is way beyond that. This is way beyond that, for <laughs> sure. Um, but finally, I was like, finally, this season, they've made me wait until, like, the second to last episode for something yeah. You're to like, happen. where is the smut? I'm searching for it. I'm searching. Yeah. <laughs> That's like me with some books where I'm just like, okay, like, I'm gonna, like use my kindle and search some words to try and find what chapter this is gonna hit because it's like if it's the next chapter i'll stay awake and read it if it's yeah. not happening for 10 more chapters i'm gonna go to bed like yeah i will say the book s- i was sometimes recommending you gotta search for the smut sometimes i was saying the book i'm recommending is not near like some of the new like fantasy stuff that we've read recently but <laughs> you know better than bridgerton yeah. i'd say yeah. so you know but yeah i was just like come on where's the <laughs> And I will, oh wait, I mean, we never said that Kate, the main, our main uh, woman this season, is from uh, uh, Sex Education. She is, yes. Which so. actually had Netflix on um, earlier today, and it was like on the screensaver thing, so it had Sex Education, you know, it's official, there's going to be a new season, which yes. I was like, I think we already knew that, but. So I wonder if she's going to like, tell me when, in it, or, anyways, I mean, she's like one of the more side characters, so it's not like, whatever, but. Um, but I liked her. I thought she was good. But yeah, there was just not enough. I, I mean, I realized we're in, I think that was one of my things with season one is that like, I feel like from the previews, they made it sound like it was gonna be all steamy all the time. Like, (laughs) this isn't your typical telling of whatever, you know, the 1800s in London, but there was, it happened once everyone got married and it was all proper or whatever. Well, and I guess that's the problem with this season was like, I mean, except for the gazebo scene yeah um which actually in the books i think they almost do something similar and he's like no we can't like it's not right because like i I shouldn't take take you in the woods or whatever you know like something he's like trying to be all noble and chivalrous about it all the 1800s yeah um 
and that but I think it would have been more steamier if they'd gotten married sooner, but you know, constraints of the time. Yeah, but they had to change the law. It's fine. Ugh, whatever. I'm just saying, if the next book is Benedict, I mean, Benedict, I feel like, gets steamy with, like, everyone, yeah, so. for sure. I think so. Hopefully there's yeah, some. Hopefully. hopefully. I feel like, and it'll be good, I think, because if they do go with Benedict season, at least from the, like, first few chapters that I've read, is a different trope than the first That's two good. seasons were seemingly, like, you know, people that kind of liked each other, but were fighting it a bit for whatever reasons, but then got caught in a situation and had to get married. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas this book is something different, so. Yeah, like, no more entrapment storylines, okay? Like, I'm done with that. <laughs> yeah, um, accidental entrapment. Yeah. Except for Lady Featherington, which was, like, purposeful True. entrapment. <laughs> All I know is, True. if anyone from Bridgerton writing or producing team is listening to this, please introduce a hot Scottish guy from the Highlands Stir for Penelope. Yeah. Stir things up. That's all I want. That's all I want. I want her to forget about Colin because Colin sucks. And, like... She needs, like, a rugged Scottish man who also has red hair. Yes. And has, like, biceps for days and can just, like, pick her up with one arm. Yeah, and likes a lady with a little, you know... And, like, throw her around the dance floor wearing a kilt. Oh, I can can see it now. We'll rewrite it. We'll just start writing letters to Netflix right now and be like, I'll just need to write some fan fiction. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, fanfic, yes, definitely some fanfic on AO3. Be like, look, for season four, Colin, you've made Colin terrible, so get rid of him and bring in, like, you know, we need, like, a Jamie McAllister type um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to come on in for Penelope instead. Thank you very much. Yep. Yeah, I, I just need someone. Cause, like, he like... can, he can, he's, he's one of those ones where it's like, you know, he can cut his own wood with an axe puts the crack in it, and then rips it open with his bear. <laughs> exactly. And I think they end up with a similar storyline where they're trying to, like, you know, whatever, whoever he's there for is trying to get him to hook him up with, like, the typical ladies of the town, mm. and then, like, somehow him and Penelope strike up a friendship or, like, you know. Yeah. And then and then it goes from there, you know? Like, he because realizes. she's got her quick wit. Yes. So I just, I need them to, like, don't do Penelope dirty. I realize she's got her own mm. problems she's dealing with as Lady Whistledown, but she clearly wants love. She just wants it with Colin yeah. for some reason. And all the other guys are jerks, and I don't understand why. Like, she's she's cute. She's pretty. I don't understand. Like Yeah, I don't understand. So unless they give him a mega redemption arc, season three leading into season four, I'm like, I don't see it. But I will say, speaking of, like, rugged men in Bridgerton... I do think, so I've read the summaries for all the other books, and I think Eloise's book might be a little bit like um, this, the air book that you have seen. Okay. Well, in, that's fine. That but why, a, why? There is a more ru- and that there is a more rugged man thrown into the mix. <laughs> see, I don't know if a rugged man is the one for Eloise. I don't, I don't see that. I feel like she needs like a, a sensitive intellectual or something that like, <laughs> or a sensitive feminist, um... But why do the Bridgertons only get to have true love stories? I want Penelope to have know. one. I know. Um, so no, I like I like this new adaptation that we have. Um, yes, that we've crafted. If only yeah. I was a writer, I'd be like, no. <laughs> this is what needs to happen. Um, well, that's Bridgerton season two. It was a long one, guys, but you know we had a lot to talk about for Bridgerton. Yeah, I didn't just look at the time. I didn't even realize. It was that long, but yeah, lots to talk about. I mean, overall, it's still entertaining and good, clearly, like, you know, 
clearly. hated it, clearly. <laughs> yeah, I, I hated it so much, I took six pages of notes. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually prepared for once. Well, you also had the perspective of, you know, book versus show, and so that was that's yeah. always nice yeah. to compare. Which I liked, and I think I'm not so invested in the books or anything that it, like, l- prohibited me from You're enjoying the differences You're not like, I hate this because I yeah. love the books. no. no. It just was interesting because it's like even ha- having just read the book, I was like, "Ooh, there's like a few scenes that I probably would expect to see, and then maybe like one and a half of them happened, and mm. I was like, "What's gonna happen?" Like I was like, "It's going off the rails. I don't know what's gonna happen next." See, maybe that's exciting because I feel like sometimes people are like, "It didn't follow the book," but then if it followed the book, you wouldn't be no one's happy, yeah, and then if boring. they don't follow the book, no one's happy. Mm. So it's there's no winning. Nope. Yeah. So overall, definitely enjoyed it, and. I don't know what we're going to talk about next. I don't know. I don't think we have mapped it out because nope. I feel like the content is like few and far between right now. I know. You know, net, the Netflix screensaver keeps telling me there's all these seasons, new seasons of shows coming. And I'm like, but when? But when? Totally. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to figure something out. Um, But, you know, we'll be here. And we hope you tune in with us and listen to whatever nonsense we talk about yeah. next time. Let us know your uh, Bridgerton thoughts yeah, on Instagram. For sure, for sure. All right, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can also follow us on Instagram at MyFavoriteSisterPod. Or shoot us an email at MyFavoriteSisterPod at gmail.com. Bye. Bye.